You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands in the leisure and entertainment industries get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit nicolarowley.com for more details and read Nicola's Amazon best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. Today, we're talking a bit about corporate. Now, before you go all like, oh God, this is nothing to do with me, I want you to, to stop and wait because it probably is. So I'm here today with Jessica Lorimer. So Jessica is an expert on helping entrepreneurs and small businesses to sell to corporate companies. We know that in these days, having a diversified business really matters. And that means that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are actually leaving money on the table right now because they're not working with corporates when they could be. And I think that people don't realize that many corporate companies out there actually have a budget to work with small businesses and entrepreneurs and that it doesn't have to be like when you worked in corporate it is a very different game so welcome Jess to the podcast I'm so excited to be here thank you very much I'm looking forward to the conversation as ever I mean we just had a half an hour conversation before because every time me and Jessica get together we end up just chatting about everything (laughs) but I actually worked with you I think it must have been like four years ago now four years it's like when I was quite new and I was just starting to gain traction and was starting to dislike as you guys will know some of the things that I had seen in this online space and went to Jessica to find ways of that a not bothering me and b being able to scale without doing some of the sleazy stuff that I was seeing online and Jessica really helped me with that and then about a year after that you were at your peak, I would say, in your yeah. business. You were doing yeah, yeah. well, you know. I had a, a million funnels going, yeah. <laughs> yeah all these funnels, and, and you were known as somebody that was really helping people be able to, to sell in a less sleazy way in this industry. And then you just, it seemed overnight, but I'm sure it wasn't, decided that you were stopping. What happened? Yeah. I don't know. I think for everybody. So I've been in business since 2014. And so I'd been teaching sales psychology and sales funnels and things to the B2C, the business to consumer market for five years. And then in 2019, I woke up and I call it my year of reckoning. So, and you'll remember this. So in 2019, I think I was just about to turn 30, which is always quite a big deal anyway. I think I was in a relationship that was awful. So it was incredibly toxic. And I woke up one day and I looked at my business and I thought, oh God, I don't like this anymore. I've just built this thing that's making a load of money, which is great, but there's just nothing in it that I'm enjoying. Mm. And it was really hard because, you know, and it did take, I I woke up in the February and I was like, I don't like this. This is not, not for me. And it took me a couple of months to actually go out and talk about it. Because, you know, I think you have to have that honest conversation with yourself about, well, it's not broken. Yeah. Like, should I fix it? Should I do something different? Because that's a huge risk. And, you know, I'm like you, I didn't come from money. And suddenly 
I had this business that was successful and I was like, right, okay, great. And it just wasn't fulfilling at all anymore. I I think so brave because a lot of people have businesses that they don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they don't enjoy what they're doing anymore. They realize, sometimes I think they realize they're in a business that doesn't act in a very integrity led way and they don't really want to do it, but they can't not do it because they're too scared of that money disappearing. Yeah. And that is terrifying. I think, you know, to, to, if anyone out there is thinking about changing your business, I would say that between February and June, 2019, I (laughs) crapped myself on a number of occasions. I was like, what am I doing? Um, and it was, it was really interesting because I'd obviously come from a corporate background. So I, um, I'd been working to set up new business divisions around the world for corporate organizations for, you know, the, the entirety of my corporate career. Loved it. And I'd burnt out. I'd been an employee. I'd been a really good employee and I'd shown up and I'd done the extra stuff and I'd made the effort and I just got burnout really badly. I was diagnosed with ME. Um, and I remember going into work because the hospital consultant who diagnosed me said, look, if you don't, take down your working hours you will be wheelchair bound by the time you're 35 wow and for me at 24 I was like whoa 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 this is not ideal and the company I worked for were great but they were like look we we don't let people go part-time like you're not in that kind of time it was like you're not going no one went part-time yeah unless you have a baby that is it and especially not in sales like in sales, you definitely don't go part-time. You're going to the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night drinking club with your clients and, and doing all the, the things. And obviously that's why I burn out. And so coming into the online space where I'd kind of imagined you could have more flexibility and you could, you know, work your own hours. And I'd really bought into the laptop lifestyle where you sit on the beach and, you know, you get sand in all the laptop keys and whatever. It's very inconvenient. And I've just done it for five years and I've made a bunch of money and and just realized like I've got no human contact anymore. Um, I'm in the coaching space that is, and you've talked about this a lot, like very lacking in integrity. I found that people were selling things that they had no intention of either delivering well or getting clients the results that they'd promised. And I just was frustrated, you know, because I'd kept my corporate clients. I'd been, I'd still been, um, doing corporate consulting and and things right from when I set up my business to 2019. And I'd been working privately with a few clients to help them sell into corporate companies. And I was just like, this is so much easier. There's less noise. And it was nice working with people who were actually qualified to deliver a result to an organization who were then seeing the real impact of that. And I was just like, I have to do this full time. And in June, 2019, I set up the Selling to Corporate podcast. We had 121 listeners in our first month. How embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Because my my previous audience, everyone was like, don't want to sell to corporate. It's not interested. So it was terrifying for me. I was letting go of my revenue. I was letting go of my audience completely. I was starting essentially from scratch. And, you know, we, we had 121 listeners in our first month. Over the next six months, we put out one episode a month. Our primary call to action, if you like, was to sell tickets for my first ever event talking about selling to corporates. And we made 23,700 something pounds in event tickets in that first six months with one episode a month. That's so um, good. I know it was, it was insane because we, I, you know, I'd come from this, got to plug in the Facebook ads, got to do the yeah. funnels, got to have the big, you know, audience do all the things. 
And instead I was just like, oh, cool. Well, there are 120 people listening to this. This is great. They want to come along and learn more. Awesome. And, you know, in the December, we had our first six-figure launch. So we launched the program that I still sell now. In the December, we had 22 people sign up. Uh, which was really cool. And then obviously COVID hit (laughs) two months later. And I was like, oh my God, have I just burnt down my business? You know, the year before a pandemic. Um, And it was like, I guess the thought process at that point would be, are corporates even going to be buying anything? Is there any point learning how to sell to corporate? And people were terrified because a lot of corporates, you know, I think it was the February, wasn't it? We went into lockdown and like overnight people were getting messages from their corporate clients being like, can't, you know, we can't have you in to deliver this workshop anymore. We can't have you in to deliver X, Y, and Z. And I remember saying to my clients, I was like, don't worry about it because they're going to have to do something. And suddenly everyone went online and corporates going online were like, how do we do this? And it was great, right? Because entrepreneurs have been using Zoom for like four or five years. You know, we all knew how to use Zoom and we all knew how to figure things out. And actually I had clients who made more money selling to corporates in 2020 than they had made ever in their business. And they really established themselves in some areas that I never thought you'd be able to sell to corporates. You know, when, when I was working in a corporate job in 2011, you're probably the same. You didn't talk about menopause in the workplace. Uh, none of that was there. Yeah. It's changed, hasn't it? Massively. I mean, I would have rather died than listen to somebody come into my workplace and talk about my uterus. Like I really would have, it, it would have been so painful because that wasn't the culture then. It wasn't, I wouldn't have been interested. It was just culturally, I worked in a really male dominated environment. I could just see myself now, like with my former colleagues sat there thinking, oh God, this is the worst thing. But now workplace culture has really changed. You know, companies are really prioritizing workplace well-being. Mm. huge growth area and has been in 2023 will continue uh, you know well into 2025 it's a brilliant Um, thing for us I think as entrepreneurs because I think a lot of the time when you're an entrepreneur you think well what would corporates need me for what mm. what the hell would I go in there and teach and although you might be really qualified in a subject you might not know how that actually works in corporate world, but you see a lot of people doing, like I remember even when I was there, which is a long time ago, lunch and learns, people would come in and we would pay people to come in and to kind of teach us about a particular subject, like how to be more diverse as an example Um, and those kind of things. And so I can see how it's much easier for them to pay a, a entrepreneur to do that than another corporate company who's going to charge a lot more if we're honest about it. Well, so this is the interesting thing. I always say to small business owners, you can actually charge the same price as a big consultancy. A lot of my clients do. But the difference is that companies, big organizations want to work with small entrepreneurs because A, you're more agile. You're much more able to be put in place a bespoke solution. So if they go to an Accenture or a PwC or a big consultancy, they are likely to pay for the red tape policy version of whatever it is that they are purchasing. Whereas if they come to an entrepreneur and say, look, we want to do a training on menopause or diversity or how to have difficult conversations or or whatever, that entrepreneur is going to be much more agile about their approach. They're going to design something that actually works for the organization, works for where they are, and they're not going to be beholden to all the red tape around it. The other thing that you've got to think about is that most companies, when they're paying big organizations, they're not paying for expertise. They're paying for 
the branding, the pain for the big corporate offices in big cities around the world, the pain to keep the lights on, the pain for the graduate training programs, they're paying for the stationery, the printing costs, like the everything. And actually what ends up happening is that someone will go to that company and be like, oh, I've, I've, this is my first of a job. You know, they've, they've never worked on a, a change program yeah. before. They've never worked in finance. They've never worked in well-being. And here they are supposedly delivering this big program of work. They've never done it. You know, if they, at least if they're paying an entrepreneur who's There's an expert. years of experience there. Exactly. They're getting your lived experience or they're getting your certified or qualified experience. That makes a massive difference in results. You know, like, you know, you've just launched that strategy co the whole reason being that your experience in the market helps people get actual results. I did exactly the same. You know, we have a 96% success rate. That's why I'm like, yeah, I'm completely confident to teach clients what I do. But most big organizations that are in that consultancy space are hiring graduates and sending them out. And that's how they learn. And that's fine. But, but why would you pay 25, 30, 50,000 pounds to have somebody who's not actually qualified? I think that's great because it gives entrepreneurs and small businesses that confidence to know that actually they're, they're not doing this as a, you know, I am not as good as nice. other people going in there. They can be better than the people going in there just because they're one person or a small team yeah. doesn't mean that they're going to be less good. What would you say to those people that, and I think I would be in this camp, <laughs> they hated being working in corporate. And the reason that they started their businesses was because they didn't want to be in corporate anymore. It yeah. is quite different, isn't it? Going in as a freelancer rather than as an employee. I think it's it's probably the most common question I get in all honesty. And I think it's completely right to ask. You should question, you know, if you really hated being in an environment, why would you go back? And I think for me, there are always two things. One is when you go back as an external supplier, you are going back in a position of authority, credibility, and expertise. So let's be honest, when you worked in your corporate job and you were getting paid 35, 40, 50 grand, whatever it was, they didn't really care about your opinions on things. They didn't want you to change anything. They just wanted you to show up for work and do what you had been paid to do. Not think, not innovate, not whatever. And that's really frustrating for people. It was really frustrating for me because I could see areas where we could improve and my boss would be like, that's not what we're paying you for. It's fine whatever. But a consultant would come in and they'd be getting paid a really big day rate and they'd make the same suggestion that I did. And the company would fall over themselves to be like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing we've ever heard. And you're like, I told you that last week. <laughs> so, you know, the first thing to remember is that when you are not an employee, when you are an external supplier, you are that credible resource. You are the objective resource. So automatically you get listened to much more than you would if you were the employee. The second thing is that you're not involved in the company culture. You get to change it. And I think that's what's really powerful. You know, when I worked in, in companies, there were some companies I loved working for and I would, and, and I still do, I tell everybody how great they are. There were other companies that I would rather have my toenails pulled out one by one without anesthesia. <laughs> like, then go back to, or even see, you know, there are certain streets. Because of the company culture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely because of the way that they treat employees and, and the experiences you have there. But as an external supply, you get to change that. You get to change and make more of an impact, I think. You know, I think we focus a lot in the online space about 
uh, and certainly the online coaching space, you know, build a massive audience, you'll make a big impact. And I think that that's actually really difficult, particularly for people who struggle with sales anyway, because the temptation then is we give them loads of value for free. And that's how we make an impact on lots of people. When you're working with corporates, you are automatically working with bigger groups of people and those people manage teams of people and those teams of people have families and they go home and they treat their families differently as a result they you know impact the environment around them differently as a result they you know show up to work differently they get promoted differently they create a new generation essentially of workers that operate differently i don't think you can get that level of impact anywhere else no and and that for me is what really excites me, you know, I, I look at sales generations now that I trained 10 years ago who have trained their own salespeople in the same way. You see and, the ripple effect, don't you? Yeah. You know, and that's thousands and thousands of people that you're like, oh, I've, I've never spoken to that person, but they'll message you on LinkedIn and be like, hey, I just had a training from my manager. And they mentioned that 10 years ago, you trained them and you said this thing and it was really cool. Where else are you getting that? Yeah, that's so true. And what about people thinking it's really hard to get into corporates? Like I remember yeah. people when I was in corporate, people would do this bid process thing. Like there would, oh, yeah. there would be a tender and you, people would spend like months writing these big mm. pieces of paper that would come to us and barely get seen. Does it still work that way? How difficult is it to get in? So... <laughs> People will give you varying opinions. Um, I would like to think that my clients would say, actually, it's a lot simpler than you think. It's boring. And I think this is the this is the thing I always say to people is that if you want to be good at sales, particularly B2B sales, it's not interesting and exciting. You need to go and get hobbies elsewhere, like that you're going to be interested in. stuff that makes yeah. the money, though, in everything, yeah. right? Exactly. And, and that's the thing. So if you want to get into corporates, no, it doesn't have to take a long time. Um, you know, I've, I've got clients who've sold £40,000 programs in less than a week to corporate clients. Equally, I've got clients who've worked for six months to build a relationship with a particular brand. And it, it really depends on how much you want to work with a particular brand what you are willing to do. So we teach um, a method called having multiple internal champions, right? So in a business, what will tend to happen is that people will pitch one person and they'll just send them an email being like, hey, do you want this thing? That really puts people off. It doesn't build a relationship. It doesn't build your brand or credibility across the organization at all. What you actually want to do is build relationships with two, three or five people across the organization, because each of them will have different budget pots available. They'll have a different idea about what's going on in their teams. They'll have a different idea about what's going on in the organization as a whole, the priorities. It's much easier to approach them and say, hey, look, I specialize in helping organizations like yours to do X. Would you be interested in having a chat with me and I can share some insights on why I believe X, Y, and Z? When's a good time to have a chat? And it's that simple. And if you do that, and then you've got a decent follow-up strategy in place, you are going to book sales calls that are actually sales calls where everyone's very transparent about, we might want to buy something, we might not. And you can talk about budget and nobody freaks out because yeah. it's not attached to them personally. And ultimately you'll go on to, you know, write proposals and, and make money. You know, it doesn't have to be a tender process. 
um, because stakeholders have their own disposable budgets. They have their own things that they can sign off. And you're usually looking about 15 to 20,000 pounds that they can sign off on their own without having to go anywhere else, which I think is pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. And what do you see in corporate right now? What specialists are people looking for? So corporates and and what they're looking for is divided into two categories. You've got your traditional business areas. So the boring but necessary things that we all think about when we think about selling to corporates, change management, project management, program management, finance, accounting, web design, assisting services, you know, um, any kind of traditional business area, sales, marketing, training that you would normally see in a business. Even that, even you saying that, I can think of 50 people off the top of my head who are in entrepreneurial world that could yeah. definitely plug that. And who will be struggling to sell those things to entrepreneurs? Yeah. Because entrepreneurs, do you know, that like, oh yeah, what I really want is an operations manager. Until they're making multi-six, seven figures, like they're not. And, and it becomes hard to pitch to those people. So you've got those traditional business areas where you're like, okay, cool. You can work with corporates in that kind of space. And then you've got your non-traditional business areas. And it's where it sort of gets a little bit more probably exciting and is newer for entrepreneurs to explore. So you've got like the wellness space. So I've got clients who are selling menopause services, andropause services, fertility and infertility and miscarriage policy awareness services, which is a really sensitive but huge area that corporates are looking for. Health and well-being in general, spirituality. Strangely enough, not something that I ever thought. (laughs) Yeah. But people who specialize in looking at energy, productivity, um, time management. And then you've got people who are looking at neurodiversity. That's a huge area for organizations at the moment. I've even had people who have done, you know, fitness training for corporates, which is not something that I'd have ever imagined in 2011 that you could sell to a company. And everything from leadership development, you know, uh, book writing, storytelling, that's a huge one. One of my clients actually works with one of the world's biggest uh, TV streaming companies on storytelling and and is a one person organization. And they fly her out to locations to look at things like brand values and how can our leaders share better story, you know, communications and strategy it's really interesting to me because it now has become the case where you can sell anything to corporate companies as long as you've got the right strategy behind you and as long as you actually want to get them results. And and I think that's the really interesting difference perhaps between the online space. I agree. And yeah, and and the the kind of more strategic or B2B space. On the online space, we're told quite a lot of the time, you know, don't wrap yourself up in in the client's results. Like, it, don't don't get worried about the client's results. That's nothing to do with you. And I've always said that it should be actually because yeah. you're teaching a thing. And so in corporate, that wouldn't fly. No, 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 absolutely. And we were talking about this earlier. You know, the the kind of weird secret buy this thing for this many thousands of pounds, and you know, you don't know what you're going to get, but hopefully it'll be all right. That definitely doesn't work with with corporates you know they work to what transformation can you provide but the payoff is that they're happy to pay for that you know and they're they're happy to pay premium prices we were looking at some research um 
And it, it said that the average B2C business to consumer sale in the UK is worth £1,500. So for all the things that people will do, just like I did up until 2019, so getting the Facebook ads, you know, creating the content, being on the social media wheel, like doing all the things for £1,500. The average corporate deal in the UK is worth £10,000. Yes. And you don't need anything. So you don't need to be on LinkedIn posting all day long. Like you don't need to be creating endless content and actually you shouldn't be. My clients are writing one newsletter a month. And yeah. that's I'm sold. <laughs> there you go. So, but, but it is that kind of thing. And there are so many different ways that you can work with them, which I love. You know, you mentioned Lunch and Learns earlier. Absolutely. You know, you can create awareness through that. You can hold things like workshops. You can do one-to-one coaching. You can look at facilitation. You can look at executive leadership development, creating courses and programs to sell to corporates, memberships, but also things that, just didn't exist 10 years ago, you know, brand ambassadorship. I've got clients who are brand ambassadors and work closely with organizations to build their brand, you know, f- through being micro influencers or through adding. Creativity. Something that I get paid for. So for yeah. instance, I'm have a deal at the moment with brother who is a well-known corporate company and I help them increase awareness of their brand by doing things like reels and I get paid for doing it and um, you get paid a lot more than you would get paid by a non-corporate company yeah. doing that yeah 100 you know I've got nutritionist clients who work on menu development for restaurant brands which is awesome. Like I, I'm like, oh, cool. Every time I go to certain restaurants, I'm like, oh, I know who wrote this menu. Like, oh, I know that it's going to be nutritionally balanced. Where else can you see those things? Like it's, it's for me, it's the pinnacle in terms of innovation and in terms of being able to be creative. Do I think it should be everyone's primary revenue stream? No. Some people just don't love it as much as I do, which is fine. Do I think everyone should have a corporate revenue stream? Yeah, because it's so little work for so much more money. And so also, diversification is really important. Like we've seen before that if you bet all of you, put all of your eggs in one basket, it's not going to work. And actually having a corporate revenue stream gives you a really good extra income stream. I think it's a really good way of doing things. Amazing. So if somebody wants to get started and they're not really sure what they need to do, what is the best thing that you have for them? And where is the best place for them to come and find you? So we have a, obviously I've mentioned the Selling to Corporate podcast, which if you already like podcasts, and I assume you do because you're here listening to this one, um, then it's the best resource uh, to go and check out. And if you ever want personal episode recommendations, just let me know on LinkedIn or something. That is the only place I hang out these days. That's why I miss all the Facebook drama. <laughs> I'm only on LinkedIn. Just I'd like to miss all the Facebook head. drama. I'm coming over. <laughs> honestly it's so much nicer but you can yeah check out the selling to corporate podcast and we actually have a free four-part video series that covers off in more depth who should be selling to corporates the exact kind of offer types and why they work and you know where you can make the most money how to price those things and we also talk about the five-step strategy that my clients are using to sell to corporates as well so if you want to grab that just go on to any episode on the selling to corporate podcast there's a little link you can grab it totally free Amazing. And we'll put the links in the show notes as well. Um, So go and check them out. Thanks for being here today and for giving us so much knowledge. There's so much in there. I'm quite excited about doing more. I do a little bit with corporates now, but I would love to do more. Um, So I might come and check check out those things as well. Um, (laughs) Speaker. (laughs) I love that. Um, But yeah, just have a look, guys, and don't 
you know, I think sometimes in this online space, we can cut off certain things that would actually be good for us and would make us more money because we're a little bit scared of it. And I think this can be one of those things. So, you know, keep keep your mind open and go and have a look into it and see if it's something that you could do because it could change everything for you. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And I will be back next week with another episode of Making Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.